All right. Well, welcome back to another episode of The Grace Between Us. We are on episode number nine. nine. I am Pastor Nathan Hurst. <laughs> and I'm Lori. And this time she said it without a question mark at the end, so we know oh, it's thank actually you for her. Telling everyone that. Wonderful. <laughs> oh, it only happened the first few episodes. It's all right. <laughs> well, we're getting in the groove of the grace between us, and we are trying to tackle different things that are hard or sometimes hard topics to study or to talk about within the church and within Christianity. Today we're not doing something difficult. We're doing something that people need right. to hear about. You know, something that people ask about all the time. Yeah. When we talk about, you know, how to read the Bible, yep. it's huge. We get a huge response because a lot of times people don't know where to start and they know Absolutely. it's something good to do, but they're like, I don't even know. This book is huge. Where do I even start? Yeah. And there's so many folks that get, man, they get in a corner with the Bible. They think mm -hmm. it's an intimidating book. They think right. it's a book they can't understand. Maybe they were even told by someone that you can't understand the Bible. So don't even think yeah. about reading it. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of folks that have been told that. I, you know, that boggles my mind because I've never been in an environment where someone said, don't read the Bible. You wouldn't even understand. I'm like, oh. Well, yeah. Different, different context. Mm -hmm. Leave it up to the priest. Right. Leave it up to the pastor. They're the only ones that should really understand mm -hmm. how to read the Bible and what it really says. Right. And we know different right we know that the bible is meant for everybody mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter who you are where you're at it doesn't matter what your background is you can read the bible and understand it yeah we're going to help you with some things uh today some just basics and again this is going to be one of those serious things that we do yeah, we we're not going to be able to cover everything in one episode no way we're going to cover some very small basics mm -hmm. what does it look like to study the bible what is the bible and so you know we're going to start with uh maybe a few things here that are really important bible facts Right? Yep. So there's, first of all, there's, uh, what is 66 that? 66 books in the Bible. 66 books in the Bible. That's, yep. so if you're not familiar, that's a total number of books. There's two halves of the Bible right. or like two hemispheres. There is the Old Testament, Old Testament, which is 39 books. And then there's the New Testament, which, which is 27, 27 books. Yeah. And there's two <laughs> primary languages. What are those languages? Greek and Hebrew. Greek and Hebrew are the two primary yes. languages. There's a third Aramaic, which was a, sm a spoken language of the time, but not much was written in right. Aramaic. And then it was it written... 1,500 yes. years yeah, to write. He let me talk. One of us wow. was going to get it out. I'll let you talk. I'll do all the facts. How many authors were there in the Bible? There were 40 authors. 40. 40 total authors. Yep. Uh, that's debated here there, but yeah. you know, roughly 40 total authors. And it is the best-selling book of all time. That's right. Best-selling book of all time. Has the biggest impact on the world. The book with yep. the biggest impact on the world. Mm -hmm. It's the most translated book. It's translated in more languages than any other book in history. It is the most widely read book. Mm -hmm. More people read the Bible than read any other book in history. And the last one there. Oh, sorry. I don't know. Oh, it's, most the most translated. it's the most hated. Oh, book. It's the most hated. Yes. We have a lot of points here. Hated and or most loved <laughs> book. Yeah, we have a ton of points here to get through today uh, because it is really talking about the basics of the Bible, what it's about. But that's some generic Bible facts that I think everybody should probably be accustomed to, to mm -hmm. some extent or another, you know, the 66 books, two, two primary languages that it was written in, took 1500 years to compile, right. 40 authors, best-selling book of all time. I mean, it's very, very important to, to get that going. But you know, when I look at the Bible, I look at it as this this book that the whole world really draws from, they don't even mm -hmm. know it. Like there's no better illustrations right than the illustrations we have in God's and Word. And a lot of times people don't even know they come from the Bible. That's right. <laughs> One of the symbols that was mm -hmm. used recently, the rainbow, mm -hmm. right? It's a symbol of God's promise. Right. 
Like it's not necessarily what it means today with the rainbow flags and the supporting of, of the mm-hmm. whole pride movement. Originally, it was right. God's symbol of promise that he would never flood the earth again. Right. You yeah. know, back when they built that big ark and the yeah. boat, everyone hears the story and they've recognized, you know, the story of Noah's ark. And yes. a lot of times they don't put the connection together of what came from that. Yeah, that, that rainbow mm-hmm. is literally God's promise. The idea of helping somebody out, yeah. what do we call that person? The Good Samaritan. Right. Taken directly out of scripture. Or maybe this one. If you get blamed for somebody else's actions, you're a... (laughs) Scapegoat. That's right. Scapegoat. Directly out, ripped out of the pages of uh, of the Bible. So... You know, for many of us, I think it's it's good to say that we have a, maybe a basic working knowledge of scriptural concepts. Mm-hmm. We can garner a very good understanding of the basics of the Bible. Again, the 66 books, the two primary languages, the 1,500 years it took. But even with all of that, it, we have to come back to this primary point when we study the Bible. Okay. Context is king. Yes. What is the original author intending to say? Yes, it's easy to pick and choose what you want to hear and see in the Bible and choose for your situation, not really taking into consideration what it was written for. Yeah, and and we we all do that to some extent. Like we all read the Bible through our lens of our experience. Right. However, for us to be factually correct with the Bible, we have to go back to the author's original intent. Mm -hmm. Now, primary author is God. We understand that. But God used men. Mm -hmm. He used men in their context. Right. And I don't mean like men, like men are, or over women in this weird sense there. I just mean he used humanity. Right. Now, all of the authors were, were men, but he used humanity to pen the story that God was giving. And mm-hmm. so in that, we see their personalities come out. Sure, but let's let's rewind just a bit because context, okay. you know, we throw that word around because we understand what that means. Well, okay. But so many times, you know, people don't understand. When you talk about context when it comes to the word of God, you have to understand that you have to read more than just one scripture. You have to have yes. an understanding and read, you know, what... The whole, maybe the whole chapter, maybe yes. you need to read a whole book yeah. to have an understanding of what the author is really trying to state. And so and when we grab one portion of scripture and apply it, a lot of times we don't grasp the entire meaning of what it was said. And so, you yeah. know, when we make comments about context and sometimes we, you know, take for granted maybe the understanding education that we have learned yes. on that. And, so. and you're right. I, I get real quick with that uh, yeah. because again, it's something that I've studied literally my whole life now. <laughs> I mean, you know, having the degree in theology and then being a pastor and studying yeah. these things out for years. Sometimes I forget that people even don't even understand mm-hmm. what the idea of context is. If you yeah. were with us when we talked about the idea of women in ministry, mm-hmm. I gave an idea of context yeah. in first Timothy mm-hmm. that there's there's a doctrine that's been made on one word usage that's used one time in the Greek New Testament, mm-hmm. right? And so that creates a, a theological problem called a hepex legomena, mm-hmm. which is basing a doctrine on a one word usage one experience. Word. That's not good context. No. Right. And so we have to try to pull through history, Mm -hmm. uh, through culture of the time, through maybe other uh, samples of where the word was used, pull a deeper meaning of what the author was trying to say. And maybe in context and in concert with what the author was writing about through his writings. Now, we know that particular verse was Paul. Mm -hmm. Paul wrote two thirds of the New Testament so we can easily judge what he was saying. Mm -hmm. But there's other areas where context is hard to find out. So Paul is literally talking at one point about 
about how we should deal with one another when we have disputes. He says in that argument, don't you know you're going to judge angels one day? Mm. And you want to be like, Paul, no, we don't know that. <laughs> Could you elaborate? And we don't have a we don't have him on the phone. Right. So it's hard to ask the question. Mm-hmm. And so when he throws things out, sometimes contextually you can build a doctrine or an idea around scripture and really not have the author's original right. intent. So with that scripture that I just referenced about don't you know you're going to judge angels that one day, it'd be really easy to build a doctrine around that that is not biblical at Mm -hmm. all. So we have to go back to context. We don't have context in the the phrasing and when he said that. So then we have to go to the overall context. What does he say throughout the book? What does he say say throughout his writings? And it gives us a better picture for how we're supposed to study and understand the Bible. So anytime we're going to we're going to approach scripture. We have to remember this idea. Context mm-hmm. is king. Yes. What is the scripture saying? What is the overarching story of the right. Bible uh, and, and those factors? Yeah. You know, another important part is translation. So thankfully over the years, they have translated the Bible into obviously many different languages, mm-hmm. but more than that, where there's so many different translations that help us connect with it yes. where we are in, in the world today. Yes. You know, a lot of times we see and think that the Bible is only in um, the King James Version. Yes. And I know some individuals believe that that is the only version that that's you should That's what Paul read. used, so that's what we'll yeah. use. Unfortunately, Paul spoke Greek, <laughs> and he wrote in Greek, and he wrote the Greek New Testament, so, so he wasn't using apply. your English. No. He wasn't using your, using your old King Jimmy. Right. <laughs> and but- by the way, King James is not LeBron James. LeBron James did not write a Bible. <laughs> Sorry. I know that's the phrase we use to, well, everybody calls him King James. He did not write a Bible. Not him. This was a gentleman in Europe, (laughs) kind of oversaw monarchy there, you know, history, (laughs) go back to your history. Uh, Anyway, so yeah, there's different translations. Uh, In in our translations, there's actually um, uh, particularly uh, four different types, really three different types, but I'll, I'll start with one. Um, well, I'll list them all and then we'll talk about them a little bit. So the types of translations, I would say first are the corrupted, the paraphrase, the thought for thought, and then the word for word. And so there are different, so someone says, why are there so many different types of translations? Well, there's different people trying to, uh, with a different, with a different idea, trying to get the information of the Bible Mm -hmm. across. So the first one I would say corrupted, uh, an example of that would be the new world translation. This is something you would get from a Jehovah's witness. This is not a Christian Bible. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you have a Bible from a Jehovah's Witness, if you have a Bible that is the New World Translation, throw it away. You burn that book. That is not the Christian Bible. Now, if you're a Jehovah's Witness, you're taking offense to this, we can have that discussion somewhere else. But the fact is, we as Christians don't see that as a Christian Christian Bible. Mm-hmm. But then the next one that, that most of us are familiar with is the idea of a paraphrase. Right. It's for the casual reader. Right. A lot of, I love, um, one of those message, the message Bible, Yes, you know, it really gives you a good, you know, verbatim kind of, of how we speak well, not today. Verbatim, not not verbatim. verbatim. Sorry. That's the vernacular. Vernacular. Yeah, there Thank you go. You. That v- I, I have to be the nerd here and be real specific <laughs> about the words we use, but yeah, the vernacular of common day language. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so, yeah, like Lori's saying, if you read the message Bible, it's kind of set in modern day terms. Right. Now it, it does a good job the, the, the paraphrase does, does a good job of kind of giving the, the heart of the Bible, right? right? What, is the, what is the heart behind what they're saying? Mm-hmm. It's not a really good translation for deep study. No. So again, this is for the casual reader. The Message Bible, the Living Bible. Those are the two that I would say are probably the most prominent translations in the paraphrase form. Right. Again, something you should read. Mm-hmm. 
something I read when I'm not studying and I just yeah. want to, I just want to take in the Bible. I don't want to get in the encouragement. Yeah. yeah. I'm not trying to get the nuts and bolts mm-hmm. of what they're saying. I just want to feel, I want to feel the heart of the Bible. Right. I'll read the message Bible or I'll read the, the new living translation. And it, it really does become that refreshing water to my mm-hmm. soul mm-hmm. that the, that scripture tells us it can be. Yeah. So the next one there, go ahead and, and thought, tell us what that. Yeah. The thought for thought, the study Bible type of, uh, version, yep. you know, it mixes the paraphrase and the word for word and some like the NIV might be one that people are familiar with, yes. which is the, um, <laughs> new international version. That's there we I go. was going to say that, but I like questioned myself <laughs> in that right. moment. It's um, all right. and then in the new living translation. Yes. Yeah. So NIV and the new living translation, again, mixing the paraphrase. So mixing, paraphrasing some of what the direct language would be mm-hmm. translated to and then the thought for thought idea. So there yeah. thought for thought means like if, if we're talking in a different language, I'm talking in Spanish and, and she's talking in English and I say, uh, something in Spanish, like donde esta el baño? Where is, where oh, is the bathroom, right? <laughs> donde esta el baño? Where is the bathroom? So thought for thought would be, it would be easy for her to translate that where's the bathroom? Mm-hmm. Not where is the bathroom? You know, word for word would right. be encompassing all the words. And then a paraphrase would be, Hey, he'd like to know where the bathroom is. <laughs> That's a paraphrase, right. you know? So we're, we're doing our best in the thought for thought translations of a little bit of paraphrasing and a little bit of thought for thought so that we're getting the basic idea and we're getting closer to what the original author mm-hmm. actually said. And that's really important when we're talking about context. Yeah, like we had talked about before, we want to make sure that context is something that we're reading into the scripture. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, let's jump to the next one there, the fourth one. Which would be word for word. Word for word. And this is nerds. This is, yep, this is my version. This is <laughs> nerds only. is the NASB, I think. Yes. Yeah. It's, well, the NASB or the New Jerusalem Bible, mm-hmm. which which if you're not familiar with the Apocrypha, maybe you're one of those Protestants who thinks that the Apocrypha is the cursed books and that they shouldn't be there. Uh, they were definitely instituted by the Catholic Church. And well, we go into the, all that detail. But no, uh, we can get into that some <laughs> other time. But the New Jerusalem Bible does have the Apocrypha in it. The nerd's coming out. The nerd is coming out in a big way. Yes, I'm sorry. And I love this stuff and I could talk about it forever. Uh, but the the word for word... Um, so I would look at the ESV, the English Standard Version. Uh, the King James is actually a pretty good word for word, in in a weird in a weird linguistic way. So I, I don't need to have time to get into it. New King James also, and then the NASB. So these are I, she's and she's actually getting bored. I almost saw her yawn. <laughs> This is bad. So if you're getting bored by this episode, scrub through this part and we'll get to some more important tools <laughs> in a minute. But I think it's important to know what translation to know. that you're looking at. It yeah. Is. So when you pick up your Bible, you actually have a working knowledge. Okay, is this a paraphrase? Mm-hmm. Is this a thought for thought? So am I getting a good understanding? Is this a word for word? Am yeah. I in that nerdy in that nerdy section of the Bible uh, of Bible literature to where I might not understand everything that's going on right. because it's so word for word that I might trip up on some of the phrases and the sayings and the colloquialisms. Well, let's, let's get to the point what people are really asking for. Like, what's the whoa, one whoa, that they whoa, should whoa, read? Whoa, whoa. What's the one you should read? What do you mean, what's the one you should read? Well, you read? know, so many, we hear four different types, but yeah. what's the best one for them to read? Well, I'm going to tell you a secret. The <laughs> best, The best translation for you to read the best translation that could come across your desk or you could download on your ebook. I know what you're going to say. I know you, I know you do. <laughs> is the one you're actually going to read. Right. 
It doesn't really matter what version of the Bible, what translation you read, as long as you read it. Right. Right. If you like thought for thought and that resonates with you, then read it. Right. If you like a paraphrase, then read it. The corrupted Bible, obviously, uh, something being like the New World Translation, throw that out. Mm -hmm. But anything else, you know, if if someone says, I can't believe you read that dirty old message Bible, that's a paraphrase, that's just (laughs) some man's thoughts, you know, bullcrap. If it's something you're actually going to read, then Mm -hmm. invest time into it, then read it. God can use that. That's right. And God will use that to grow you. You, mm-hmm. God will use that to grow you in the word. Right. And so it becomes more of a passion point for you. And I don't care who you are. You can be the top theologian in your field. Mm-hmm. You will still pick up a message Bible and get something out yes, of it. Yes, absolutely. Come on. It's still the word of God. Yep. It's still the word of God. Even in a paraphrase form, it's still the word of God. So I would have to tell folks, and I know you've heard me say this a bunch, whatever Bible you're actually mm-hmm. going to read is the best translation for you. If all you have is a new King James, read that. You know, and it, don't feel bad if you have a King James version and you're just stumbling over the words, yes. you know, because that isn't the way that we normally speak. And Absolutely. so for us to sit down and try to read that, then try to figure out what is it really trying to say, you know, yes. that's why the message and versions like that are really helpful because yep. we can read through it, you know, and we don't have to be thinking over every word, like, what is this trying to say? Yes. You know, yes. it's just comes through smoothly and well, it makes sense. And there are new versions like the story, which is literally uh, kind of depicted in a story format, mm-hmm. which really helps people engage. If you like novels, that's a really, really cool way to engage. Again, it's a paraphrase. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a mix of paraphrase and thought for thought because of the way they, we restructure things. But understand that, you know, whether it's chapter and verse that you're looking at, you know, Mark chapter six, verse whatever, however you connect with it is the best way to do it. Now, if you're really looking to, to broaden your horizon when it comes mm-hmm. to Bible reading, take these translations and look at the particular verse or chapter in multiple translations. Yeah. So get a message, get an NASB, get an NLT, and read it in all of those translations. So John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that gave his only begotten son, who is for believes in him, should not perish, but ever have everlasting life. We've all, uh, hopefully we've all heard that verse. That yeah. is the quintessential verse for Christianity. It is like the premier verse, right? If you read it in all of its different translations, it doesn't vary that much. No. But it gives you maybe a little more insight as to what is being said. Pick another verse, you know, Jude, whatever, whatever, and read it in different translations. Mm -hmm. It will help you pull out the nuances of what the author is saying. So there might be things added. There might be things missing. It'll help you get a better knowledge, working knowledge of actually what's going on and what the author is saying. And a random note too. Maybe you're like, I don't even have a Bible. That's Mm -hmm. okay. There's an awesome app that is out there. It's called the YouVersion Bible. You can download that to your Android, to your iPhone. We're Apple people here. But um, that's that's all that I'm allowed to buy. (laughs) But anyway. That's because we're tied into the ecosystem. They own us for life now. That's the problem. Uh, But also, I heard recently that Google's actually saved because it knows like (laughs) so much of the Bible. So if you Google um, the Bible and verses, it will come up. Well, and, and as long as we're on kind of tools to use, and I I didn't put this in our notes, uh, but my favorite one of my pl- favorite places to go to is Bible Hub. Oh, Biblehub.com. Because it gives you the multiple different versions, it, like you said. It gives you multiple versions. Mm-hmm. It gives you opportunity to look at interlinears, which we'll right. get into that some other time. But it gives you all the tools the you could need. The nerdy tools. Yeah. It gives you the nerd suite, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to have a suite of tools that is for nerds only, you yeah. can get that. But you can also just read the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't have Bible reading plans like version has. Uh, not, not really 
tailored to that, but it does have a lot of other features. So between version and Bible Hub, those would be the two I would go after. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Bible Hub, I think, is, is, is awesome. Man, we are killing it on time here. I didn't realize yeah. we're burning through time so fast. I know. That's why so, I was like hurrying I'm, up. I'm sorry. I'm He's a nerd. nerd. I, can, I can literally talk about this stuff forever. So the next one is methods. Yeah. So there's some things we need to know when we talk about methods, right? So there's a few words that are really important. We're not going to put them up. Yeah, there's five words. There's hermeneutics. Yep. Okay, what is hermeneutics? Inter- interpretation of the Bible. Yes, how we interpret the Bible. Interpretation mm-hmm. of the Bible. There's homiletics. Which is the art of preaching. Yes. He's good at that. Application. The application <laughs> of the Bible. How yeah. do I take what I've learned and the interpretation and then apply it to real life? Exegesis. Right. That is the process of drawing out the meaning from a text in accordance with the context and discoverable meaning from the author. Yes. So exegesis is like this. If, if I come blasting through the room... And I say, I don't know, something, all kinds of fun. Let's say some, some song that I've heard that I absolutely love and it's on my heart. Mm -hmm. And I say, let it be. And everybody knows by context, I, you can, we can exegete that Nathan is talking about a Beatles song and that Beatles song has meaning and that meaning is about the context of the song that Paul and John wrote. Okay, oh. we, that's an exegesis. Mm-hmm. An eisegesis is if I come in and I say the words, let it be, and someone says, I think he's saying you should leave that toy alone. <laughs> no, I'm talking about one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. So eisegesis is actually when the reader imposes their own interpretation. Yeah. Let it be. If I come in a room and start singing, let it be, you got to know because I'm a huge Beatles fan, I am actually singing the song, let it be. I'm not thinking anything else, right? <laughs> the song, the chorus, let it be is flying through my head. But the hearer could say, I think he's saying, and I think he's telling me to drop my fork and quit eating and let it be. Let it be. No, that would be the reader mm-hmm. imposing his or her interpretation into what's being said. So, uh, so there's exegesis, eisegesis, and then the last one is philosophy. philosophy. Yes. And, and what is, is a the philosophy? study of problems concerning existence, knowledge, values, reason, mind, and language. Yes. And there's a philosophical bent to how we read the Bible. Mm-hmm. We all have a different philosophy of scripture. So if we're going to talk about Bible study methods, we have to talk about <laughs> first this really nerdy stuff, hermeneutics, homiletics, exegesis, eisegesis, and philosophy. <laughs> so we have to keep that in mind. Again, if you're, if this is boring you, or this is too nerdy for you, cool, scrub through it. We're going to get to the, the next one here in just a second, but we're going to get to Lori's favorite part and where yeah. this becomes super, super practical is an actual method on how to read the Bible. Yeah. So many people scripture say, don't even know where to start. And they yes. don't, they're like, well, I read this, but what, I don't even know what to do with what I'm reading. That's right. So, you know, one of my favorite methods to encourage people to read the Bible would be the soap method. So it's a method of journaling. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you pick out a scripture. Maybe it's one scripture. Maybe it's a full chapter. Maybe yep. you decide to read a whole book because there's quite a few books in the New Testament that you could read pretty quickly. Yes. Um, but you read that. And so it's kind of an acronym. It's S-O-A-P, spell the word soap. And S means scripture. Scripture. O means observation. So what does the scripture mean? What is it saying to me? You know, you take a moment to kind of think about what you read. Yeah, so you're thinking about context, yep. right? So if I read a scripture, John 3, 16, for God's love the world, he gave us mm-hmm. the answer. There's a context in which that's written. So I'm going to pull out of it my observation. Right. John 3, 16, God's love the world. God loves me that he sent 
Jesus, his son, to save. That's a real observation of the scripture. Now, it might feel at times you're just copying what the scripture said, but it is is an observatory fashion. I'm literally referencing what I believe the scripture is saying. So S, Yeah, you're taking a moment not to just read it, but to actually hear what it's saying. Yes, so S, scripture, O, observation. observation. The next one is application. And so how can, how can the scripture apply to my life? Yes. How can I take it and move forward with it? Mm-hmm. Not just read it, but actually apply it. So uh, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only God so that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have ever, everlasting life. Right. I know from that scripture application and application method is I can apply that and say, am I sure of my salvation? Yes. Mm-hmm. Why? John three sixteen. I believe in Jesus. Right. Therefore, my belief in Jesus says that I'm saved. Mm-hmm. And it says that specifically in that Bible verse. You might tie into other applications to that. If it's true for me, then it's true for my neighbor. And we write down the application. Mm-hmm. How does this fully apply to our everyday life? Mm-hmm. You might read the verse that's one of the shortest in the Bible. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Right? So, soap, scripture, Jesus wept observation jesus had feelings Mm. application it was okay for jesus to cry it's probably okay for me to cry and then we move on to the last point there p which would be for prayer that's right (laughs) so take what you've read and you know you're observing you're applying it you're gonna pray about it like okay god what what does this mean for me how can this affect and impact my life yeah how does what i just read how does it fashion a prayer in my heart? Mm-hmm. John three sixteen for God to love the world. God, I thank you for your love in mm-hmm. my life. God, I thank you that you sent your son to save me. God, I thank you that you sent your son to die on the cross to save me from my sin. And I thank you that I never have to experience a life without you when this life is over because of what you've done for me. God, thank you. And the heartfelt prayer that can mm-hmm. come from that scripture. Or Jesus wept. God, I understand you have emotions just like I do. Right. I understand you were overcome with emotion at one point, mm-hmm. just like I was. God, help me manage my emotions, but also help me not be defeating to my right. emotions. There are many ways in which we can apply the scripture in a practical prayer every single day. Every day. So S-O-A-P, what's it stand for? Soap. (laughs) The acronym. Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. Scripture, observation, application, prayer. Super easy way to journal. Literally on a piece of paper or on your iPhone. You can write out those letters. Right. I like to write. She likes to write. I kind of do this uh, method. I don't do this method. I shouldn't lie. (laughs) I, when I was doing okay. this method, I used, yes, I'm a nerd, so I do it totally differently. And we'll talk about a nerd way to study the Bible some other time. It'll really bore you, and you'll probably pass out while you're watching this. You could play it when you need to go to sleep, and then you could just, you know, have you a know good night's what? rest. We're, I'm always surprised. People love to learn more about this because so many they times too, yeah. they just don't know where to start. And so here we are. Mm-hmm. And I think we're racing through a few things, but hopefully. We did, we did. And um, it'll be able to be helpful for people moving forward. You can rewind, you can go back through it too. Yeah. Rewind. If you have any questions, Mm -hmm. go back through what we talked about. But before we go, you know, when we talk about the idea of scripture, scripture journaling, Bible study methods, Mm -hmm. what's really important is to read and listen, Yeah. read the scripture, listen to its impact, Mm -hmm. right? Then start writing something down, right? Write down your thoughts. Again, follow the soap method if you need to. And always, 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 I don't care if you're studying because you're a theologian and you're developing a paper and a thesis. I don't care if you're studying and you're a casual studier and you are just trying to get a few bits of the Bible in because you've never studied in your life Mm -hmm. and you need to start somewhere. Always, always, always end in prayer. Yeah. At the very least, thank God for your opportunity to study that day. At the very least. Absolutely. And it will help you start to develop a better pattern of Bible study methods in Mm -hmm. your life. 
And this is super generic. Maybe for some of you, this is the first time you've ever heard some of these things, but it is kind of generic. This is the place to start. Right. This is where we just get the ball rolling, mm -hmm. right? You break out your Bible, you dust it off, you, you download the app and you say, okay, I'm going to start doing something. Right. Make a point of it. You know, it yeah. does take some time to start a habit and you have to do it consistently for that to become a habit. So that's you true. Know, if that's something that you want to do, don't be discouraged. You know, just keep Keep at it. And if you screw up one day and you forget, oh well. Yep. If you screw up and you, and you forget for a month, oh well. The point is that come back to the word and help yep. it become a consistent pattern in your life. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't care if you study for the next year, John 3, 16, you'll be right? a better person for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. If you study Jesus wept for an entire mm -hmm. year, which honestly, I'm such a nerd. I know you could do that because there's so much around that scripture in context. But there's so much in the word of God that's so encouraging and God... It's a gift to us. That's right. You know, and it's our sword. Well, it literally is. I've heard folks say that it is God's love letter, mm. that the, the Bible is his love letter to his creation. Yeah. And even though there it. are hard parts to read, even mm. though there are difficult stories to understand in its totality, it's his way of saying, look, I care and I love for you. Yeah. And we could go through the nuanced pictures and maybe we will someday of how he describes his love through scripture. But honest to God, the whole purpose is for him to show his creation how much they are loved and mm -hmm. valued. This book, this leather bound book or this app that we've now, you know, digitized and, and sent all over the world. This book that is the bestseller ever, most translated book is all to say to, to humanity. I love you. Yeah. Wonderful. I think we leave it at that. I think we should do. So I hope you enjoyed this episode, episode number nine of The Grace Between Us. If you'd like to follow us on social media, at The Grace Between Us on all the socials. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. You name it. They're all there. They're all there. Hey, <laughs> Uh, if you have a suggestion on a topic, make sure you comment below. Make sure you subscribe and like and connect with what we're doing so you don't miss a moment. And if you found any of this helpful, please share with a friend or family member. We would love to get into their lives and help with their Bible study methods also. Or just encourage them to maybe take a new path of investing themselves in the scripture. Man, we love you. Thanks for being a part of what we're doing. Lori, you want to sign off? Have a great night. There we go. That's it. <laughs>